reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the second chapter, beginning of verse 5. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Reading also from the Gospel of our Lord according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus and the disciples had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very few of us follow a straight path through life. That is, we begin with a goal in mind, and we plot out the path, and we take the steps along the way that we need to make, and we make progress, and we get there, wherever there might be. That might be a dream of ours. Most of our lives actually are spent on detours off of that path. It is said that a plane from New York to Los Angeles rarely flies as a crow flies. Now, the idea is New York is here and Los Angeles is there, and those places don't change the flight path changes constantly depending on conditions along the way. 
And we're actually pretty happy about that in many cases. But it's kind of the point. We know where we were. We kind of have an idea about where we're going. How we get there is sometimes a mystery. This is true of almost every human I know. The much-beloved song states, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. And I would like to say all of life's detours also that Jesus shares with us. The people who can speak to us most clearly and profoundly in our times of needs are our friends and our acquaintances who know and share our challenges. Like Jesus, our friend. Jesus plunged wholeheartedly into everyday human life and flesh and invites us to be like him. The ups and downs of Holy Week clearly, I think, in my mind, make our point for this message. The week began with a parade of adorers. The gospel writers disagreed on the estimated crowds. Matthew has the crowd being a little bit larger. Mark, it was really just the disciples themselves. We don't know exactly how many folks there were there. Questions about estimated crowd size go all the way back to that time, if not before. And this pop-up event fizzled about as fast as it formed. Everybody kind of went on with their daily business. You can make the argument that Jesus made a poor transition or translation of the fame and success that he had up in Galilee, Podunk Galilee, to his time in Jerusalem. Most of his ministry was up in Galilee, among his family and his friends and people who knew him and a larger circle of folks. And then he went to Jerusalem, and the opposition that began in Galilee only got stronger as Jesus got closer to the holy city. It appears, from our human perspective, that the celestially divined plans go south in a hurry. You know the Holy Week timeline. Boisterous beginning that ends in utter isolation. Social and physical distance separated Jesus from those who followed him most dearly and loved him most nearly. So think, thinking about that time and that experience and thinking about our own, how much time would it take us to make a connection between those two experiences? Probably not too much time, would it, when we talk about isolation and social and physical distancing from those we love the most? You could probably say that the preacher could just say amen now and have it over with. Our Savior experienced life as we know it, with all of its twists and turns and ups and downs 
and detours along the way. We talk about how God's will worked itself out in Jesus' life as if it was a New York to Los Angeles crow flight. And it wasn't. Detours were more the definition rather than the exception for Jesus, just like it is for us. And that actually brings me comfort, because I know that Jesus faced the same challenges that I face. Way back in the 1960s, Ralph Carmichael wrote a gospel song that states, Then I... By faith, I met him face to face and felt the wonder of his grace. Then I knew that he was more than just a God who didn't care, who lived a way out there. And now he walks beside me day by day, ever watching o'er me, lest I stray, helping me to find the narrow way. He's everything to me. I think that's the comforting message of Holy Week, not because it was without pain, but because it was full of pain and anger and frustration and all the rest. It's comforting to know that in this last week of Jesus's life, he was hunkered down with his friends just as we are. Our experience of social and physical distancing over the last little while, which now is going to go on for longer than we might want it to go on, that distancing has shown us something very important. It has shown us how much we are intertwined with one another. I will have to admit, as an older gentleman, that I have often looked at our young folks and their connectedness by means of technology, not always approvingly. And guess what? They are now showing us the way to stay connected in this time of separation. What a blessing that is. And, and our beloved Savior Jesus, to quote another song, is just as close as the very mention of his name. Jesus is fully aware of and experienced in and shares in our topsy-turvy life. Our Holy Week this year has begun with a different sort of a parade. I hope your parades in your own homes are memorable as well, I expect that they will be. This Holy Week will be like none ever before. We are fasting. We are fasting from almost everything that seems normal. The goal of fasting as a spiritual practice is to focus our attention. And I hope that this fasting from almost everything that is normal will so focus our attention this week that we can learn some really, really important and vital lessons. And we've been distanced from one another. Even here, as we gather in the sanctuary, we are ever so much concerned about keeping our distance one from another. 
and we want you to be sure that we know all about that, however it looks on the camera. But even though we're distanced, I have sensed a spirit of connectedness to one another at Riverside Presbyterian Church and among my family that was weak before March 13 or 15 when we stopped gathering with one another. There is a spirit among us that is stronger now than it was then. The old saying that absence makes the heart grow fonder, I believe, is really working among us, that's for sure. Do we want to be distanced? Absolutely not. But what can our fasting from the normal ways of life teach us about our connectedness as the body of Christ? So we are preparing the ground the ground of our being this Lent, and we are hoping for and longing for a time of restoration, but also might I suggest a time of renewal, of renewal of commitment to Jesus Christ and to this part of his church, to one another, preparing for a powerful experience of resurrection as community life is defined and redefined in the weeks and months ahead. It will be a bumpy, detour-laden week for sure. Our separation and our fasting in this time could be, could be, the spiritual lining in this special week in a time that we are not necessarily enjoying at all. But we can learn. In fact, as we listen to one another and to the Spirit of God, expect, expect that we will learn a great deal about God and about ourselves. Thanks be to God for this teaching from His Holy Word. Amen.